What's up, NBA fans? We continue our division previews, and this week we are going to the Pacific Division, our favorite home of the Suns, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Sac- and Sacramento Kings. A tough one, and of course the Warriors. I almost forgot to mention them, but probably you did that intentionally. Yeah, didn't you? probably easily the most competitive division heading into this NBA season. I mean, everybody across the board here is looking to not only go to the playoffs but advance past the first round and arguably compete for a championship here uh today yesterday was nba media day and we had a hell su- some surprises some quotes being given jimmy butler a new haircut of course no never disappoints uh, but uh with training camp started and div- the pacific division left and also the northwest division we are getting ramped up to start talking real basketball but before all that we brought someone on on the podcast as a guest connor who's a big time Suns fan who's yes, gonna sir. give us his perspective on the dame trade and where he thinks the Suns will fare once we once we start chatting about the Suns in our pacific division preview section but uh floor is yours connor yeah uh go Suns! I'm, I'm ready to talk some basketball talk some shop and yeah let's get into it yeah and sean of course we'll be Love we'll it. be talking about your clippers here I'm sure you're excited. Yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on them this podcast. <laughs> so we'll I know, yeah, this is actually pretty awesome that we have you yeah. here because we have three fans of three different teams in this division. And I mean, this is probably the strongest overall division. And I think it was like this last mm-hmm. year. I think every team had a winning record. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's going to be very competitive again this year. Yeah. And I can't remember the exact stat. I know Mark Spears broke it down and we talked about it last, like when the, during the season was, I think this is the, that was, last year was the first time every team in the Pacific division wow. made it to the playoffs or it was the second time. And the first time was like some weird <laughs> year, like way back. <laughs> I wish I could remember it, but I can't, but it, yeah, that's wild though. Yeah. That's a good trivia question. It was, it would have been, but I didn't feel like digging up that fact. Instead. I got another one for <laughs> you guys. Trivia question. When was the last time a duo both averaged 30 points a game before joining forces the following season? Uh, I'm guessing this is because of the Damian Lillard trade, right? Yep, exactly. And both him good and Giannis call. averaging 30. Okay. Oh, that's a good question. First place I went was I want, Russ mm. and James Harden, but I can't really remember like all. It was probably what 2019 when he joined. I think so. Yeah, right before the bubble. Yeah, I don't. If, I don't feel. Not, are you talking about the the Rockets here when they were on the Rockets yeah, together? Exactly, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think Russ averaged 30 that that's year. That's what I'm thinking. I know James probably was, but then and then I also thought Steph and Durant, but I wasn't too sure. Those were my two guesses at first. Hmm, that's a good one too. I'm I'm gonna go even farther back. I'm I'm gonna go Kobe Shaq. Kobe Shaq, that's a good one. It's a trick question, guys. It's never happened. Uh, okay. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Russ did not average That's, thirty. Wow. Harden did, and Curry Ooh. and and KD. I thought that I was. I had to double check to make sure that I was right. And yes, Kevin Durant averaged twenty eight the year oh, of OKC okay. before oh, he joined the Warriors, man. and Curry averaged thirty two. That got me. Yeah. Yeah, and Kobe and Shaq. Kobe Shaq didn't get it Kobe either. Kobe Shaq huh? didn't get it either. Uh, they were uh, wow. they were both they both held each other to like well like t- Kobe was usually a twenty five twenty two point guy and 
Shaq was usually a 28. I mean, it was just a slower game back then. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but uh, man, never happened. Yeah. So this first is like, way more historic that's than I wild. thought. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first time ever. <laughs> I mean, it's also like I think important to know because this was I was also looking at this. Is Dame had some pretty off two years, and last year he really closed the year hard to bring his average up to 32. And Giannis is, of course, I think he's hovering also around 32. So it'll be the first time games, ever. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well we'll see if they can do it together though, yeah, because that this that's the thing with this question. They haven't done it together. None of those doers did together, mm-hmm. obviously had 30 point per season games as- apart from each other, but not together. And yeah. then it- where does Middleton fit into all of this? Like where does he get his shots? What happens there? They mm-hmm. have a lot of offense on this team. I think <laughs> Yeah. I think he's just a spot up shooter at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that transitions well into the well, who is the upcoming king in the East? You know, Sean, we've fortunately already did division previews on some of these teams, but they've shaken things up here in the Eastern Conference. Before the Dame trade, the Nuggets across most sports books, but looking specifically at the Caesar Sportsbook, the Nuggets were easily the number one in terms of odds to win the championship with the Celtics at two, Bucks at three. Post Dame and Holiday trade, though, things have gotten switched up. And the Bucks and the Celtics. Bucks are at number one with the Celtics not far behind them, but a quite a sizable gap has formed between those two teams and the Nuggets. Uh, so we were bet we were betting folks today. Who are we placing our odds, our our money on here between Bucks and Celtics being this close to each other? Mm. Connor, I'll let you go first on this one. What are you thinking? I really want to say Bucks. The only thing that would make me not want to say it is because it's just so much happening. You don't know how they're going to all gel together. Exactly what we were talking about with Middleton. But I feel like with the Celtics losing Williams, like that's also a big hit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if I'm a betting man, which I might be, uh, I would definitely put it on the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. You put, put some money on that in Bovada. Yeah, blow it up. <laughs> Get it in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going with, Sean? What about you, Alan? Oh, you want me? I'll go. I, I, I want to go last. I want to okay, go last. Okay, I'll give you... I'll, I'll be easy here. I'm never <laughs> betting on the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going Bucks, of course. Giannis <laughs> is my guy. Dame, Dame's a good guy. Dame's a West Coast guy from Oakland. Yes, and just like we said, no duo has averaged 30 points before teaming up. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going Bucks. It's a close yeah. one, but that's the team I want to see in the final, not, not another Celtic team. That's fair enough. I'm I'm gonna go a little different than you guys. I'm sticking with the Nuggets. Nice. I'm okay. still sticking with them after all that. The consistency that they have with their roster. Obviously, they lost Bruce Brown, but you still have all your other core guys there. You'll have some younger guys that can st- hopefully step up into that Bruce Brown role. And it's Jokic. He's still the best player in the league. So, I, yeah, until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. I got I gotta see the Nuggets get beaten by someone before I bet against them. That's a I good think one. That Bruce Brown loss is is huge. Everything you said is absolutely accurate. But I think oh man, I watching them in the playoffs last year, I was just like Bruce Brown. If anyone else is like a second MVP, I think he is definitely that MVP of that Nuggets team. Like <laughs> he he definitely did everything. And then but they do have a lot of returning pieces. I think yeah, the Nuggets are a good bet. Yeah, I like the Bruce Brown yeah. point. I was just look, just doing the homework for this preview on the Suns. Like, the Suns got their ass kicked by the I Nuggets offensive weapons. Those things under the dock, and it made me so mad. I, I have my rebuttals, but yeah, oh, they, stats don't lie. Stats do not lie. 
Yeah, yeah. That's that's why you're so high on Bruce Brown. You 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 have oh, nightmares oh of that man. Oh my god. Yeah, if you're not gonna go for him, wide open threes look pretty easy in the NBA playoffs. Apparently, like man, that was it was hard to yeah. watch. And Bruce Brown was a huge piece of that, just mm-hmm. just tearing apart the Suns' Absolutely. defense and the Nuggets' offensive <laughs> rating was unreal in that series, and that was mm-hmm. a big piece. Uh, so yeah, not having him might be a hit, but. Let's none of us talk to mention the Celtics that they bet, but we still got to talk to them because they're the ones that made the move here. But getting that move to get Drew Holiday over to Boston. And it's funny because last week, Sean, you know, we were talking odds of Drew Holiday getting traded. And I said he was going to yeah. make it all the way to the tr- almost the trade deadline. Get packaged <laughs> up with Jeremy Grant. Wow. How wrong. Just not even 48 <laughs> hours after saying that he gets moved. He gets Man. sent to Boston. Blazers get Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams. A 2024 Golden State first pick, a 2029 unprotected Boston first round pick as well. And the Celtics get Holiday. Uh, I mean, the Celtics really put their cards on the table. I think this is this is the move that they, they've made. And I'm not sure there's another move in their back pocket after trading away these assets, at least not for this the rest of this year. So it's a move they're moving forward with. And I dangerously like it. I mean, when we were previewing this Boston team, one of the big things that Sean that I brought up was this team just lacks a good playmaker and a strong per another strong perimeter defender. Um, and this is this is what then they weren't finding that playmaking in Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart, but Drew Holiday brings that and he brings that perimeter defense. I mean, fantastic move by the Celtics to really fill in the gaps that they they needed from yes from last year's playoff run. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you bring in a guy like Holiday, who I mean, he's getting a little older. Mm-hmm. He is on the older side, but you lost Marcus Smart when you got you brought in Porzingis, so you had to get another defensive-minded guard to replace him, and you did. So now you're looking at the team overall. I mean, you lost Smart, you lost Robert Williams, you lost Brogdon, but you gain Holiday and Porzingis. I'd say that's a win. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's still a little questionable, honestly. I mean, we talked about how Robert Williams is a good mm-hmm. young piece. He brought really good defensive presence down low, which, I mean, honestly, if we're talking about the Bucks being your biggest contender, who's going to guard Giannis on the Celtics team now? It's going to have to be Al Horford, old-ass Al Horford, <laughs> and it's going to have to be Porzingis, and that that's pretty tough. So I think there's still some question marks there, which I think makes sense that you guys would pick the Bucks still over the Celtics because of that. But with Holiday, you at least give yourself a chance, especially because you had no one to guard Dame Lord before. Yeah, and now I think that getting that number one seed becomes so important for this team so they can avoid seeing the Bucks or, see, or seeing the 76ers <laughs> if they can in either the first or the second round. Because, yeah, you're right, Sean. When By gaining a stronger perimeter defender, they do lose front court defense here. They do have two roster spots left, I was reading uh, today, which I'm not really sure who you can get with that, but... I'm sure they're they're gonna go shopping for a big man. Um, Carter, what are your thoughts here on Drew, the Drew Holiday move? Yeah, talking about people that I watch torch the Suns in the playoffs, Drew Holiday absolutely comes to mind. <laughs> um, I think yeah, he is getting up in age, but man, he he can play make, he can play defense, he can almost do it all. Um, but then I go back to losing Williams, and then you have Brzingis, and as your depth piece, like we're trying to guard in the middle, like that is tough. And especially when you have to go up against a team like the Bucks, like that is going to get really, really tough. And then I, I questioned Jalen Brown a little bit, like mm-hmm. what we saw last year in the playoffs, like is, is he that max guy? Like, obviously like he has played very, very well, but uh, sometimes he, he vanishes and it scares me a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I don't remember the exact stat. I should have just dug these up. But Jalen Brown turnover rate in the playoffs <laughs> oh was just gosh, not exactly the best. Went, went viral yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you would think that's just an internet joke, but there's truth to some of these mm-hmm. internet jokes sometimes. And that was really uh, a shot there to to Jalen Brown. Um, any other thoughts here? I mean, I think the big thing too when we talk if we switch to talking about the Blazers is this team all of a sudden has just got itself the quite some valuable assets for for the years of 2029 and 2028 <laughs> like, no, i mean yeah, yeah 2029 is looking good that's three three first round picks for them in that 2029 right now unprotected unprotected picks mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the biggest part which i mean <laughs> we're talking about six years <laughs> and we talked about this in the damian lillard trade last week it's like you're, you're getting a guy that's literally 13 years old right now mm-hmm. yeah, you know that is crazy. it's just it's so it's impossible <laughs> to think about like is this valuable or mm-hmm. not and yeah i guess you gotta wait that long if you want these teams to actually be bad so yeah i think it makes sense i mean you you add up the total haul at this point that's two First round picks in 2029, a third one in 2024. I think they got another pick swap with the Bucks mm-hmm. trade, and now they got Brogdon, Williams, and Aiton. Yeah. That's a pretty good haul for Damian Lillard, honestly. I think if you're all things considered, and if you're comparing it to like, and let me, maybe you have some opinions on this too, Connor, the Bradley Beal trade, yeah. I feel like that Beal deal is such a better deal for the Suns than I think that they've actually gotten a good haul for Lillard that you know you expect from a superstar yeah, in other absolutely. words the wizards got hustled right yeah I, we had to give up shaman i'm gonna give shaman up for free and then we give up a really old Chris Paul for bradley Beal. i do that every single day of the week that was yeah that was a great trade in my opinion who, who needs second round picks nah, right if you're trying to win now absolutely worthless yeah and here's, here's another question to just keep digging into this trade malcolm brogdon is now on this blazers team and i think there's already early reports that they don't want him there <laughs> how many times can you swap your point guard out this this will be amazing if they can figure out to get how to get another few number of picks off malcolm brogdon i don't think he's worth that but Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Blazers have managed to actually get great value for their for they their might trade have the whole pieces first here. Round in 2029, when we're all done with it, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, Eddie is Malcolm Brogdon worth a first round pick, or what is Malcolm Brogdon worth? That's, that was like, what do they think they can get for? Yeah, him? that was going to be my question. Who is there a team out here who needs Malcolm Brogdon desperately enough to to give up a decent piece for him or a pick? Who's a contender? So the Clippers have the Clippers have actually tried to trade for Brogdon earlier in this offseason. And because he didn't pass the physical, or I think there's something to do with his injury, they didn't actually end up trading for him. And so it became really sketchy about like what's wrong with Brogdon. So I'm actually surprised that the Blazers were willing to take him on. I guess maybe he's feeling better now. Um, but I, I think all the Blazers really get, honestly, is some expiring deals, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, get some money off the books after this year and try to rebuild. Maybe a second round pick at best. I think that's all they could get. Connor, you got any thoughts? I'm go. It's the injury that he suffered in the playoffs, right? Because I feel like he was playing at least decently well before the injury, and then post that, it looked like he barely could even shoot. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like that's the last time we saw of him. So, like, who, I think it's a big question mark. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know about a first round pick. Maybe a second, something like that. But I think he still definitely has value for sure. I know a team that is down a guard right now, uh, a playmaking guard, 
who is aspiring to win, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers, who's uh, (laughs) one of their starting guards. Uh, show up to media day. Maybe they have something in their back pocket the to be willing to give up. Are you somehow going to get James Harden to Portland? <laughs> How's that going to work? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just kinda, <laughs> I'm kind of jokingly saying it, but I mean, it's also kind of true. Like if they don't have yeah. Harden suit up, like yeah. where they just have Tyrese Maxey run the offense and also play all guard duties. You could use a running mate I there. I love Maxey. I'm a big Maxey fan, but if, if you're sending him out there alone just to fend for himself, it's going to get tough. Yeah, he's not a good defender either. But what about the Heat? The Heat Ooh, could actually still be a player. They, the heat. they still need a point yeah, guard. That is true. Emo Jimmy Butler. He's he's, <laughs> he's really vouching for one. Yeah, I don't know if Brogdon would be that guy to really make him happy. But at this point, I mean, you've lost out yeah. on Lillard and Holiday and Chris Paul. I mean, who else? Who else can you get? Yeah. Brogdon might be you it. Lost Gabe Vincent in free agency. Yeah, that's a you huge lost Gabe loss. Vincent. Max Struess, you lost these guys. Yeah, they still have super old Kyle Lowry, though. <laughs> I forgot that Could he's he be still on the there. Move? Could he be? I don't know what's what's going if on there. Someone will take that salary. Yeah, that I true. think that's, that's the issue. Sure. Take, yeah, no one's taking that salary. That's 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 crazy. What you? I think. Uh, I think his last podcast of the podcast before Alan, you were saying that the Raptors should trade back for Lowry and give them DeRozan. Oh my god, that <laughs> oh, got the league big time. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, they're not the Raptors, but the Bulls just. Uh, Oh yeah, the Bulls, yeah, yeah. Swap swap expiring deals there. Uh DeRozan for, for Lowry. I mean the numbers would make sense, but it's just a matter of the of the one. It make no sense for either team. Yeah. Yeah, just hilarious. But switching gears, James Harden not showing up to the Sixers train uh media day here. No surprise there. Joel and B not really acknowledging much on the fact that you know he's he's just gonna do what he can with what he has and daryl Morey not really acknowledging the james harden <laughs> absence either just a weird weird mo- uh moment i mean i watched both of those uh interviews and now i didn't not much to take away i was hoping the little more weirdness or awkwardness or funny lines were going to come out of it but not nothing i don't know what, <laughs> what, are, what are we thinking at this point over and under is that he actually ends up playing this regular season or, or is there a trade? I see it. I, I don't know, man. I think he's bringing out the fat suit and he's just going to sit on the sidelines <laughs> eating whatever he wants until it's time to play or time to get traded or something like that. He, he was what in China telling everyone that Daryl uh, Morey's a liar, all that. That's it's, yep, there's in a the club. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, the day that Dame was traded, he posted a video, I think, on his TikTok or something of him just <laughs> buying out a club in Houston. And the club go-go dancers all had signs that said, Daryl Morey is a liar. <laughs> yeah, this just seems irreparable. I, I don't see any way that Harden could actually play for this team at this point. You can't call out your GM like that and play for the team. Yeah. It just It just doesn't happen. But, like... At the same time, who's going to take him? So, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fat suit Harden seems like the best option at this point. Yeah, and the funny thing about all this is, like, all the 76ers beat reporters whose articles I was reading all described the mood better than the mood than what it was like when Ben Simmons also was absent oh, from wow. media day. <laughs> Which is really raised, setting the bar yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, though, because Ben Simmons, yeah, he was, like, being, like, doing his thing, like, just acting like a child, not showing up, but... He never did the whole calling out the general manager yeah. out in yeah. public. Say what you want about it. He did some stuff like this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's what's funny that the energy somehow seems to be more has seems to be more positive 
this time around yeah. than last time around. But Joel Embiid's second time, he's got to deal with uh, a star player or, in other words, someone who's taken up 20% of the cap space <laughs> not showing up to media day. Uh, I don't know. Is this, is there a boiling point here with, with uh, Embiid or does he just have the pa- the world-class patience? Boiling point. Yeah. Definite boiling point. This year is pivotal. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can come out of this year losing in the second round again. You can't do it. If if you do, I think he's just he's requesting a trade like the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I think Sixers fans, if they don't get to uh, Eastern Conference Finals, they'll storm the Wells Fargo Center or do something. It will it will get real bad real fast if they don't perform in the playoffs. And that that's all that really matters. And seeding really matters to that team as well, playing well in the regular season and getting a mm-hmm. good seed so you can avoid some of these top heavy East teams. Yeah, exactly. Eight man. Yeah, I was just going to say, and it's not, James Harden isn't getting, is not getting moved because, you know, the trade market is like died down. Like we just saw the Blazers execute <laughs> back-to-back <laughs> trades, like huge hauls. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. energy is definitely there. Um, switching gears to the Spurs, Devin Vassil gets the back from San Antonio, five years, $145 million extension for this guy. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it, Sean, where, you know, when we previewed the Spurs, we were like, who is the young core that they're going to move forward with with Wemby? Is it these guys or are they just going to play out these guys and then draft dudes and use those pieces to build around Wemby? But now they have Keldon Johnson extended. Devin Vassil has been extended. And so Chance still has a few years under his rookie deal. So this is it. And Zach Collins is, of course, has his existing deal. So this is the four man crew that's rolling with Wimby for the next <laughs> few years. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. It's Sean, I know strange, you have thoughts huh? on Devin Bastille. So go ahead. It Well, the, my thoughts are I don't have a lot of thoughts on him <laughs> because I don't I have not seen enough of him to formulate an opinion on if he has what it takes to become a star. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play. He seems OK. It seems like he can score pretty well. He got hurt last year, so we didn't really get to see a huge sample of him, you know, and what you might call his breakout year. But yeah, to to for pay him that much, I mean, I guess you have to take it in perspective of what the CBA is now, mm-hmm. and is that actually like a lot of money? And right now it is, but that's okay because they don't need this cap space right now. But three or four years down the line, maybe. $30 million isn't that bad It's kind of the only way I can justify this in my head because it's like you're paying a guy, you know, what I would imagine is pretty close to star level money to average 18 points a game. Yeah, yeah. that does not that doesn't make sense to me. So I guess, you know, three years down the line when he's in his prime, maybe he's averaging over 20 and $30 million a year isn't that bad. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Looking back on it, we'll be like, oh, yeah, it's actually kind of a bargain. But it's hard to look at it from that way right now, just looking at who he is as a player. Yeah, Devin Vassil last, or 2021-22, a second year in the league, averaged 12 points a game on 42% shooting. Last year, up to 18 points a game on 43% shooting. But that's 38% shooting from three, which is pretty good. But that was off only 38 games, like you mentioned, Sean. Like he was, he did have struggled to stay on the court. So you're kind of pacing that money on the production that he gave you last year. 
Uh, what do you think, Connor? Is Devin Bastille a key piece here? What you were just saying, I had to look up to actually confirm all that. If that gets you $145 million in the league, I was I was actually <laughs> kind of shocked. And especially with a young team, I, I get what you're saying. Down the line, it might not be as bad of a contract as we're saying now. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I think I need to see more. I don't, I don't know. I was actually, like, wasn't really familiar with Devin at first, but... 145 millions. Like I, I look at what Austin Reed got and then I'm like, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is wild or something like that. I'm like, what's going on here. But, um, I do like the young core that San Antonio has. I'll shout out Julian Champagny, St. John's alum, but, um, hey. I think he's a good player. <laughs> might be a key role, uh, some point, but, I don't know. I Dude, don't... that guy had a gr- a crazy good summer. Exactly. Like Champagne. Yeah, he did. He had, he had some big <laughs> games in the league last year. Like, or um, yeah, he, he played really well. I, I think he's a good piece, and they do have a young, good young core. So I guess we'll see. This will be something we'll have to judge later down the line. Yeah, and I think Sean, to your point, the CBA or the overall salary cap continues to increase. It's very possible the Spurs in two years from now do end up drafting uh, a better running mate for Wemby next year or. And and yeah. Vassell just ends up turning into actually a great trade piece uh, that they can turn into more depth or or package it up for an actual another veteran player that becomes available. Who knows? Joel how Embiid, Wemby, how, how much longer does Pop coach? Oh man, <laughs> that's a good question. Are we gonna see ninety year old Pop coaching a prime Wemby or something <laughs> like that? Like I, I don't know. I think they. I don't know. I, I love Pop as a coach, so I think he's like just as important as a piece of a player, if, if not more. Yeah, yeah I think mm-hmm. he's worth a ton to the Spurs now that they got Wemby on this team. And I saw his, mm-hmm. I watched his Hall of Fame speech this summer, and uh, dude's, mm, yeah, speech. dude looks yeah. like he's he's still in it. He's still yeah. hungry. He's still competitive as ever. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, not surprised if he's still here for four, for four or five more years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Maybe even longer. I mean, depending on Wemby's trajectory, I feel like he'll want to ride it out as long as possible, depending on how that goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the Austin Reeves point you brought up, Connor, that just that really puts things in yeah. perspective, man. <laughs> like, I cannot believe. I would rather have Austin Reeves than Devin Vassil, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy that he's making that much less money than him. And so many other guys in the league, because I mean, this is a pretty comparable to like a Jordan Poole deal. Yeah. Like Jordan Poole got four years, 120 million, probably didn't deserve it, but he got the bag. That's the kind of tier of player, I guess, that's getting $30 million a year. I think we just maybe just have to change our perspective on how Mm -hmm. much money that is in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. He's out earning what LeBron and D Wade were getting paid back in 2010. (laughs) 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 I mean, inflation adjusted, but still, uh, that's a lot. And there's a lot of guys that are making more than Michael Jordan made. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Inflation or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's jump into it. That Pacific Division previews were here. Uh, and Suns are the first team we're, we're previewing here, Sean. I'm Sean and Connor. So, Connor, you know, this is your time to shine. But jumping yeah. into the Suns, 45 <laughs> and 37 record last year, lost to the Nuggets. In the second round, when looking at their regular season performance, they finished 14th in offensive rating, 7th in defensive rating. But those those stats are kind of hard to really use to contextualize the Suns because they made that big move for Kevin Durant and uh, just absolutely killed teams over that last month. Um, <laughs> then they went into the playoffs where 
you know, Connor was telling you this before the before we started recording, yeah, but they they got their butts kicked by the Nuggets, <laughs> man. They, the Nuggets yeah. won every game by an average of 17 points, winning in six. Yeah. Uh, and they uh, they performed with an offensive rating of 122, which is five points higher than their regular season uh, offensive rating, which is pretty nuts when you consider that most teams' offensive ratings actually drop once the playoffs get started, slower pace. Uh, you know, defense is ramped up. Uh, uh, field goal percentages usually tend to drop. So for offensive ratings to actually increase that much in the second round of the playoffs yeah. is uh, is a pretty glaring, <laughs> yeah. glaring stat here. So uh, the Suns additions, Frank Vogel, Bradley Beal, Joseph Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Kieta Bates, Diop, Eric Gordon, Drew Eubanks, Bull Bull, Jordan Goodwin, Nasir Little, Keon oh Johnson. God, that's a team right there. Right <laughs> no, this, this is a heck of a team. It's here. an entirely mm-hmm. different team. This might be the biggest offseason any team's ever had yeah. ever. As far as roster up- upheaval, mm-hmm. this is nuts. Yeah. The new ownership group just really going it, all in on doing everything. They year with Matt Ishbia, if you want to count that too, he only had half a year last year. Yeah. Like it's from yeah, he, want, he wants it to all be his. Yeah. <laughs> everything but Booker's everything but Booker's out the door. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And departures. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul, Darius Baisley, Beast Mac Biombo, Tori Craig, Jock Lendale, a fan <laughs> favorite, Cam Payne, <laughs> uh, Terrence Ross, Landry Shamit, and TJ Warren. Well, I forgot that he was on this on this roster. Yeah, he was in that Nets trade. He they was. snuck him in. <laughs> Landry uh, Shamit, uh, get him off my team. He could leave every single yeah. year. That is fine with me. Yeah, I don't. Uh, as a Clippers fan, I don't miss him much either. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop there, Connor, to share your thoughts because this these are quite the additions and quite the departures here that mm-hmm. you're seeing I'll, come into I'll, your favorite team. I'll start with what you said about the, the in the playoffs. I will note that they were the only team to take the Nuggets two two or win two games against the Nuggets, draw at least uh, more than a game. Fair enough. Fair the enough. Nuggets were on a tear, <laughs> but honestly, yeah, we. I'm, I'm shocked also to see that we were seventh in defensive rating last year. That is absolutely shocking to me about how bad we played defense in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, it, it was tough last year. Their defense was, we were playing Booker and KD uh, like almost 45 minutes a game in the playoffs. It was crazy. And the, the depth pieces weren't there. And this goes with the Nurkic trade. I think we added a whole bunch of depth that we were missing last year and really defense with starting with Frank Vogel. I think he's a great defensive coach. And I think, um, yeah, we added a lot of long, lengthy players, and I, I try to highlight everyone that's shooting over 35%. There's a lot of people on here starting. Obviously, Bradley Beal, Grayson Allen, KBD, Eric Gordon, Nasir Little, all shot above 35% last year. And I thought that they're not going to get any opener more than when they're playing with Kevin Durant and uh, KD. So, and or, sorry, Booker and KD. So like, it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna open up the lanes. It's gonna open up. Um, three points for them it's gonna it's gonna be a completely different team and that's why i'm I'm probably most excited i've been since we probably went to the finals um it's a completely different team than it was last year and so it's 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 hard to bet on the over under for wins because you just have so many different pieces but it's i think it's gonna be exciting to see them play especially on the defensive end yeah that's a good point on the on the shooting and the defensive rating point too is also one that is startling but i think mm-hmm. it's almost like you can't you can't even really look at it because the team exactly. was so different mm-hmm. but the 35 percent shooting and then you got kd and devin booker yeah. 
Dare I say that the s- and Beal? And Beal. <laughs> you almost forget yeah. about that. Yeah. Dare I say that the Suns might rival the Kings this year for best offense offense in in the regular season? Perhaps it's be all scary. the shooting. Yeah. And all this. Guard I would work. be shocked if this team was not leading the league in offense. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is the three biggest powerhouses on offense we've seen since the Warriors had Steph, Clay, and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Which it, it just. Uh, I'm sorry, Connor. I hate Kevin Durant. <laughs> I hate this guy. Like, I cannot root for him. Kevin Durant is another thing I didn't mention. There's a lot. If you remember back to last year, he slips on the court mm-hmm. and we don't even get to see him on his debut. It absolutely killed me. Um, but right. you get like a whole <laughs> year of him under the system. I guess it's a new system under Frank Vogel, but you get chemistry with everybody. You get, honestly, the, the two biggest players in this is obviously Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. We go as he go as they go. And it's that's what we built the team around that's what kind of why Aiden had to get dealt and so he I remember there were so many storylines last year about how Aiden's not getting his touches and if we want to do what we want to <laughs> do that's that's not really what we need we need a good passing center that can hold it down in the paint and I think we got that with Nurkic yeah so it sounds like you're a big fan of the deal you feel like you got what you needed out of Aiton with the pieces you got for him in that trade? I talked to Al on the day of the trade, and I honestly, <laughs> every single day goes by, I probably get a little bit better and better. I guess I saw it immediately. I was, I was pretty sad. I, I mean, I was there when we, I was there when we drafted him. I wanted him to kind of work out, pan out. We did draft him over Luca, so I was really hoping that he panned out. <laughs> yeah, but, you have to. Um, yeah. It's with what we want to do, how we're trying to build this team. Um, we don't need a super max center getting all these touches trying to score 20 plus points a game this is we're building our team around this big three that we have and so we really need i think every single player that was asked about it at media day for the suns all mentioned Nurkic's passing and so i think that's a big reason why we got him of how we can distribute the ball and if people collapse there's going to be so many open threes for these people that we did pick up these depth pieces so i think it's gonna they're gonna get wide open shots all about hitting them so that's something we definitely couldn't do last year in the playoffs. So I think it was all the all the holes that we had in our team. I think we really addressed them. Yeah, here's a here's a, here's some numbers that'll make you not miss Aiden in that series against the Nuggets. <laughs> Aiden averaged ten points, eight rebounds on forty percent free throw Oof. shooting, <laughs> one point two assists. <laughs> I remember clear as day he missed a shot over Jamal Murray. Aiden, being as big as he is, misses a shot over Jamal Murray, goes down on the other end. Jamal misses a shot. He gets the rebound, gets it taken out of his hands. Monty, I think, oh, was about man. to rip out any hair that he had. And it, it was just, I think that was really the beginning of the end right there. It was, it was just hard to watch. Yeah. Would you say that uh, DeAndre Ayton was solely responsible for Monty Williams wanting to leave the team? I, mean, I think that's 100% true. And now it makes me really sad that he's not even on the team anymore. Because I love Monty as a coach. There was some things that oh, I yeah. probably... Like, there's something that Landry Shamit has on Monty Williams. I just I don't know what it is yet, but the reason he was playing him the way he did in the playoffs, I, I can't explain it. Um, but I think Monty's a good coach. I think he will do really good in Detroit. And I think Aiden will do really good in uh, in Portland as well. I think people are going to say next year that you're going to see his numbers and say, oh, why did they trade this guy? But really, he was never going to do that here in Phoenix. So um, I think it was best for both sides, and I think it will be all right. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So continuing the breakdown here for the Suns, projected starting five, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Eric Gordon, Kevin Durant, Joseph Nurkic, 
and the x factor basically here connor how we define it x factor is who's the one person on this roster who's going to take this team uh you know and take them on the over but make them better than mm-hmm. what we think they we they're going to be uh mm-hmm. for me i put frank vogel i think and you called him out you called his name out too sean is that frank vogel is a championship coach he's coached he coached those pacers teams Every team he touches, he vastly improves their defense. I mean, he got LeBron James to play defense again, and that dude did not play defense ever since <laughs> Pat Riley. He did it again in that 2019-20 season, turned AD into a defensive player of the year candidate that year they won the championship. But is there enough coaching magic from him to actually slow down teams in the playoffs and make the Suns a defensive team? Or is he going to go the route that, you know, there's a lot of offensive firepower on this roster and we're just going to have to ride that to use that to overcome any defensive woes. So there's a lot, there's, there's two different extreme paths. I feel like that Frank Vogel can take with this team and whichever one he takes, I, I think, uh, he's, he's going to be betting on heavily and, uh, just for fun, just another one here. I think poking on the same idea, uh, even the Clippers who were down Paul George and Kawhi Leonard also overperformed on the offensive end <laughs> yeah, against the Phoenix Suns. Right, no, you can't stop Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you can't stop him. Yeah, it was a great series. I'll, I'll give you that. We It took a historic playoff from Devin Booker for us not to get absolutely trashed in those playoffs. He kept us in every single game because <laughs> our defense was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you guys had any other different X factor here for this team, Sean or Connor. No, I mean it's it's really for me. It's gonna come down to how all these new pieces just gel together because I like a lot of the names here. Like I recognize all of them. They all seem like they could be good role players. There's no like random G League guys in this build Mm -hmm. and there's going to be some guys that are probably pretty disappointed that they're not getting minutes on this team but at the end of the day i think vogel's gonna have to do a lot of mix and matching and figuring out who works with which people because there's just so many new pieces and there's no continuity at all so that's that's i think gonna be the hardest part for them and it might lead actually to a pretty slow start i'm gonna predict a pretty slow start for the suns coming out of the gate because there's so many new pieces even with Booker and KD being there. But I think ultimately they're going to figure it out and they'll probably end up in the fin- in the Eastern Con- or the Western Conference Finals at the very least. But it's going to take some time. I mean, we've seen it with the Heat. We've seen it with, with even the Warriors. Like, it takes some time to figure out. Mm-hmm. Connor, what about you? You got an yeah, X-Factor. I, I think one. that's fair. I think the slow start could be could be something in the works. It's, it's hard. You almost... We, read off almost a completely new team aside from Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. <laughs> it's going to be, especially with a new head coach, new system. But I think, yeah, once like the middle of the season kind of hits, I think it will kind of start clicking. I think a lot of these guys, they don't have to do too much. We're not, and I think we haven't even talked about Bull Bull. I think Bull Bull could be a really good <laughs> in a reduced role. I think he could be, as long as he's not asked to do too much, I think he could be pretty good and then i think an x factor we haven't talked about is i only say kbd because i can barely pronounce his name but i think he could be fighting for a starting role spot in the if, if we try to go like a point guard devin booker kind of system i think he could kind of fight for a starting role or something like that um and then i think eric gordon is absolutely well really all the the three-point shooters that we added to this team was a huge huge addition so yeah i think i think they'll do all right but it might take a little bit of time yeah what is the over and under connor i think you said you had you have it it. is 52 and a half wins they were 45 and 37 last year 
So does all these brand new, I think almost 10 new pieces add eight wins? Uh, I'd say yes. Yeah, I think, the, I think it does. Just, I mean, Bradley Beal alone probably adds yeah, a majority exactly. of those extra wins. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, another piece that we haven't mentioned that I I like a lot that I think he'll probably get overlooked and maybe even get overlooked as far as the roster goes is Yuta Watanabe. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I don't think you even had him on your three point list, but I'm pretty he sure is. he averaged 45 percent from three last he year. He was one of the he better three point shooters. <laughs> yeah, six foot eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Asian, so he gets overlooked very easily. <laughs> played, with the Jeremy and, effect. played with KD and played with KD in the Nets. Yeah. Yeah, I think he could be a huge piece to this. And then, yeah, I think, yeah, he's going to definitely have a lot of minutes. And it's almost like a good problem to have. You have too many people and not enough minutes to spare. I think that was kind of the opposite of what we had in the playoffs last year. So I think we definitely addressed a lot of the issues that we were facing. Yep. I agree. So in terms of trending, I have this team trending up as well. Seeing sounds like we're all yeah. in agreement. They're <laughs> definitely going to finish better than 45. Yeah, storyline to follow here is how, how does this team all function together? How does Frank, what is, what is it, what does this team look like once Frank Vogels actually starts coaching them on the, on the basketball court? And uh, where do they finish in the Western Conference? Sounds like we're all in agreement pretty high. But uh, let's go out to LA. Let's go to the Lakers, man. The, the, the fa- a favorite on NBA Media Day just because they finally have some continuity. <laughs> Bringing some guys back. LeBron is back for season 21. AD is looks like he's Oof. healthy. So the Lakers last year finished 43 and 39, losing to the Denver Nuggets in a sweep in the Western Conference Finals. Similar to the Suns here where uh, their regular season finish doesn't really tell the story of this team. They finished 20th in offensive rating that sandwich right between the Pelicans and the Indiana Pacers, <laughs> which is kind of hard to believe. 11th in defensive rating to finish 7th in the Western Conference. And in the playoffs, they upgraded themselves to the 8th best offense and the 4th best defense. A lot of that <laughs> being hailed from, you know, Anthony Davis, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, just these young pieces just coming out of nowhere and stepping up. And Rob Palenka did some work here. I mean, I think, John, you and I in our offseason free agency ep- uh, episode, we, we rated the Lakers as having the best free agency season uh, they bring Jackson. Yeah, it was until the Bucks got Lillard. But yeah, yeah, before those trades, <laughs> the additions were Jackson Hayes, Tarin Prince, Cam Reddish, Gabe Vincent, and uh, a long shot here. But uh, I think it's gonna actually be a, a bit important one. Oh Christian Wood. <laughs> Connor, have you heard this man's blasphemy about how good he thinks Christian Wood's gonna be I, for this I, team? I I don't know if Christian wants a bad pickup. I was reading all these additions. I'm like, you're on his side. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. He already talked to me about the Eagle. Oh, man. Yeah. I think Christian Wood is a good addition. He's just threw some stats. He threw some stats in your face, and you couldn't deny it. I think there's a lot of good additions. I really like Gabe Vincent's game. I think he is uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think this is really totally. good additions. Yeah, our team gets the team gets slightly bigger, slightly longer. Swap out Gabe Vincent for Dennis Schroeder. Okay, mm-hmm. Christian Wood, seven footer who can shoot forty percent from three <laughs> shot. I mean, come on! Oh, I have to hear this again. The man. you got Mo Bamba, Malik A Traffic Cone, <laughs> Traffic Cone that can shoot threes. Malik Beasley, Troy Brown, Wenyan Gabriel, Dennis Schroeder, and a, a fan favorite Lonnie Walker is oh, also man. off the team. There's one game. <laughs> Lonnie Walker game. No one remembers where they were during the Lonnie Walker game. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's the Laker effect, Sean. You gotta love it. Anything all it really any is. any impactful thing that happens in it, and if it happens on the Lakers, <laughs> it's a cultural moment. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. If this was like the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lonnie Walker had a 30 point game for them in a playoff series, no one would even remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they drafted Maxwell Lewis in the second round with the 10th pick. They re signed Davis, extending the big man, getting Rui Hachimura back, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and extending Jared Vanderbilt also just a few weeks ago, bringing Scottie Pippen Jr. to give a projected starting lineup of D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron. Vanderbilt and Anthony Davis and uh, here's where it becomes a little interesting thinking about the X factor for this team because they've had all these pieces now for a full year and who's going to make them better um, I think it still falls to one guy and that's, that's Anthony Davis mm-hmm. are we finally going to see this guy put together a regular season where he is legitimately a top three MVP candidate because I think everybody always always known he's a top five talent but even like last year, I forgot he didn't make all an, an all NBA team. That's why. Like, uh, did he miss too many games? I think he missed too many games. Yeah. That is, you can't yeah. have that. There's no yeah. way. But this is, but this is the guy. I mean, this is the guy who impacted the Lakers playoff runs in such no. a huge way. Uh, You're completely right, Alan. I think that with Anthony Davis, it's like, obviously you need him to be the guy that steps up, but he's had to be that every single year for the Lakers to succeed. We come back to it every year. Is this LeBron's team or is it going to be Anthony Davis's team? Finally, when are the reins going to get passed? It seems like every year, like, oh, LeBron's too old. He's got to pass it to AD. But then AD doesn't show up Mm -hmm. or he's just injured. And LeBron has to be the one to continue carrying the torch. And it's like, when's Anthony Davis finally going to be the the face of the Lakers instead of LeBron? And yeah, if if this is the year, then yeah, it couldn't have come in a more timely place. But (laughs) Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. Yeah. Last year was the most games he played since the bubble year at fifty at only 56 out of 82 possible <laughs> games. Uh, so the question is, can he get back to that bubble year, that he that run that he had in 2019 when he averaged 27 points, 57% shooting, and 38% shooting from three? I mean, I hope <laughs> that's not an anomaly that, you know, I hope <laughs> he can get back to it. It seems like he can, but if he could, then I think Anthony Davis could finish top three and, and then be P voting. And, get that number one or two seed for the Lakers and make a legitimate run here for the title. I think a big part of this is also Austin Reeves. I just love talking about him. I love his game. <laughs> I watched him in the Olympics. I wasn't, a, I wasn't that big on him before, before even last year, but watching him play in the Olympics, I think, or I think it was the FIBA games or whatever it was. I, yeah, I really, yeah, FIBA. Loved, I really love his game. I think also Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish. I think those are two big pieces jackson hayes but then yeah it all it really only comes down to ad and or yeah ad and how he plays and as long as everyone can stay healthy i think this can be a dangerous team yeah give me what you think austin reeves stat line is gonna be alan what what are you thinking <laughs> from him this year what, what, do you, what do you foresee or no yeah i know you're gonna give me some absurd number but i just want to hear it <laughs> i'm not gonna go the average last year what was he looking like He's at 13 points per game last year in the regular season. But it, it was like it was out. like 17 in, the at, in like the last uh, few he, months he had, in the uh, playoffs. He had a run. He had yeah, run in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, what, what's his averages for this regular season going? Well, be? let me ask you this: uh, What do you think his, uh, his his three point shooting was in the in the playoffs, Sean Austin Reeves, and points per game? Um, I'll guess. Well, I think his points per game was like 17 and a half. 16.9. And I think. Close. 
pretty good. Yeah. Okay, and then I think his three point was like thirty nine percent. Forty four shooting from from wow. 40, 44 wow. with five attempts, all five attempts and uh, sixteen point <laughs> nine points. So, yeah, but he's not he's not worth anything close to Devin Vassell. <laughs> no way, no, completely different stratosphere. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, Sean. There, there's something there. There is something there. But tell me, tell, give me a number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's also a lot of good pieces on this team now that mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if he really needs to go out there and you know go for 17. But I think it's there. I think it's there, and I might boldly, okay. I might boldly stick to it. I think Boston Reeves could become a 17 points a game scorer, get closer to shooting 40 percent for three for the for the whole regular season. Have himself a decent regular season, then come playoff time, we'll see. We'll see. We might see Super Saiyan Austin Reeves for that to get that chip. <laughs> hey, I think that's totally fair, man. Like, I, you know, I've always been like a, I wouldn't say a hater of Austin Reeves, but like, I just never really understood why he was so like the darling of the nba i thought it was just the laker effect and and to a big extent it is (laughs) but like like you mentioned connor like he did average like close to 17 points a game for that fiba team Mm -hmm. made up of you know nba stars slash all-stars that would command the ball and now now you're talking about him being the third option on this team yeah i could see it for sure Connor, you got any more thoughts here on these on the Lakers? I'll ask you guys. They're they're over under on their wins is forty seven and a half. They were forty three and thirty nine, as Alan mentioned. Mm-hmm. I I think this is just such a hard team to touch and over under on wins because mm-hmm. you do not know how much their arguably their best player, yeah, their best player is going to play. You just don't know. Um, I want to say they're trending upward. With I think Gabe Vincent is a huge huge piece to add to this team. And I think they would probably gel pretty well. Um, I'm leaning towards the over, but part of me just wants to say never bet an over under on a Lakers season because you just don't. <laughs> you just don't know. It feels like this team doesn't really. It doesn't matter if they make the play on play in as long as they get into the playoffs. They don't really care. They feel like. I mean, what did they do? What seed were they? The seventh seed last year yeah. into the Western Conference Seven, Finals yeah. and barely made it to there. That they they had to go on a streak. Exactly, yeah. but I mean, yeah, it's such a hard bet for a regular season. But I want to say trending over. But yeah, what do you guys think? I'm I'm gonna put trending up. I think they're they got that continuity. I think getting a full training camp with D'Angelo Russell, I think will do well. And just the, the yeah. fact that these guys, because one thing I always went back to is that uh, D'Angelo Russell likes having the ball. Rui Hachimura wanted to leave the Wizards because he didn't feel like he was getting enough playing time. But they come to a Laker team that's dominated by LeBron and AD. Yeah. But then, and yet, <laughs> even despite that, they chose to resign here. So I'm thinking there's 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 a change of character among these guys that they're all motivated and coming in with that sole mission of winning the championship or else they wouldn't have wanted to stay here and taking the deals that they took. They would have taken the bigger money, mm-hmm. more playing time elsewhere. So I think this team gels together. I like the energy I'm seeing. So I'm going to get I'm going to I'm going to take the over on this Laker team, even though, Connor, I kind of agree with you. And even as a Laker fan, I, I agree <laughs> with you. There's always so much hype. Regardless yeah. of who the Lakers put together on their roster, but this year I feel like the hype is real. I, I'm and I'm going with it. Yeah, I mean it's the continuity aspect of mm-hmm. it because you've seen these guys can succeed together. You've seen it actually happen. How well they played at the end of the regular season and into the playoffs, even without LeBron for long periods in that last part of the regular mm-hmm. season when he was still nursing that injury. 
So yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. I, I think that even if AD or LeBron is out for an extended period of time, this team can still win games with, you know, you got Gabe Vincent coming off the bench there. You got some other good pieces that can step up. Yeah. And then Reeves, I, I think you have guys that can step up and be better than what they play at normally mm-hmm. with these guys that they have now. Yep. Yeah. So agreement trending up the Lakers. Let's see what they can do. Uh, moving over just uh, slightly north here from L.A., the Kings, uh, 48 and 34, losing in seven games to the to the Golden State Warriors. Arguably one of the funnest playoff series I've ever seen. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. total offensive yeah. power. <laughs> and I got I got to shout out the Sacramento Kings fan. I did not think that stadium was going to be popping with as many Kings fan as it did every single game. Yeah. The light, the beam, yeah. man, light, the beam, the fanship in Sacramento is real. I don't know where they've all been, but they all <laughs> popped out of nowhere this, this last <laughs> year. Uh, I and mean, they have good reason to hide. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't <laughs> been, been very good been for them. Yeah. Just all been in hibernation or something, but <laughs> The Kings number. I mean, it's like all the Warriors fans that came out after oh, Steph yeah. became a thing. You yeah. know, they they were not they were not very loud before. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, yeah, I think they had like free hot dog nights, and or you always know when the <laughs> franchise is struggling when they bring out the free hot dog nights and the corn dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Kings number one offensive team last year, 119 offensive rating, 25th defensive rating. So this was a team with a sole identity, Ooh. and that was B num B top three in pace shoot the ball and score as quickly as you can. Uh, the additions they had is Chris Duarte, Jeremy Lamb, JaVel McGee, Jalen Noel, and Sasha Vezinkov. Vezinkov. I'm going to say that. That's nice. pretty good. Yeah, I'm good. impressed. Good. <laughs> I like Depart- those additions. <laughs> yeah. Departures, Terrence Davis, Matt Deladova, PJ Dozier, uh, Rashawn Holmes, and Chimintu Mentu. Uh, yeah. What do we got thoughts here on these additions and departures? Yeah, you like these ones, Connor? Yeah, I, I love Chris Duarte's game. I, I He went to, I think, U of, uh, University of Oregon. I've liked him since then, seeing him in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I really like uh, Jeremy Lamb and JaVale McGee's game. I think they work well with this. I think <laughs> uh, Sabonis, I don't know if he got exposed a little bit against the Warriors, kind of getting mm-hmm. beat up a little bit inside. I think that can help making uh, him play a little bit less minutes or something like that, giving him some rest. Um, but I, yeah, I really love those additions uh, mixed in with Fox and the starting lineup they already had. I think, yeah, they kept the kind of core together and I think they're going to do pretty well. I, I need to double check this. You actually think JaVale McGee is going to have a meaningful impact I, on I, this I team. Know, I still like him <laughs> since he was a son, but then he goes to the Mavericks and I have to hate him. But I still, I wish the Suns never got rid of him. I really, really liked wow. him on the Suns. As long as he's not asked to do too much, I think... I think you played a really good role with the Warriors when they won some championships. And I think, yeah, I think he can be a really good, I don't know, backup big. I think he can be uh, decent in the league. I don't know. I know it didn't show in Dallas as much, but I think, I think he can be all right. I'll put all right as my my statement yeah i i guess for me i mean i think he showed his age in dallas and i think he's cooked i think i think he's he's done Mm -hmm. i I don't know if he has much left to give maybe a few years ago (laughs) but i don't know those legs look real slow Mm -hmm. yeah as long as he's not asked to do too much i I, i'm yeah kind of agreeing it it did look pretty bad in dallas as a suns fan i I loved him (laughs) in dallas i thought he was great um but yeah no it's I think as long as he's not asked to do too much, I think I really like Chris Durarte's game. I think he will be very good on the Kings and playing with pace. He loves to run. So I think it will be pretty, I think he'll fit in well with this uh, Kings offense. 
Yeah. yeah, I think Chris Duarte is probably a good fill-in, at least for uh, what they lose in Terrence Davis. They kind of played similar games. Yeah. And I suppose JaVale McGee might be an upgrade from Rashawn Holmes. They just <laughs> really hated Rashawn Holmes. Mm-hmm. I don't I feel like he was a pretty good player two years ago. Yeah. And then they bring in the new coach and, and Sabonis comes in and the guy gets no minutes. Like he doesn't even get to prove himself. Yeah, Rashawn Holmes was quite the rebounding machine, but I do want to touch just on Sabonis for a second here when talk looking at the additions, because when you were talking about JaVel McGee, it just made me think of this where it's like yeah the kings added some nice pieces but they didn't really add any help for Sabonis, who like you're saying connor might have gotten exposed in the warriors series regular season we've always known Sabonis is just a regular season machine the dude is averaging almost 20 points a game shooting for 60 from the field which is just absurd at 12 <laughs> rebounds but uh, in the playoffs that that 20 point almost 20 point a game average dropped down to 16 points and that field goal percentage down to 49%. So he struggled to find to find the hoop here against not a very strong defensive Warriors team. And part of that is probably because he has to carry so much of the load here for the smaller Sacramento Kings team. And for the Kings to not go out there and get him some help uh, seems like a glaring gap here in, in terms of like what their roster additions yeah, there wasn't anything splashy. I'd say that the the most interesting out of all these auditions for me, uh, none of the guys we've really been talking about yet, is this Sasha Vezinkov guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, EuroLeague MVP last year, averaged 17.6 points a game for them, 38% from three, 6.8 rebounds. He seems like he could be a pretty solid addition. It's just a matter of how his game's going to translate to the NBA. I mean, we've seen some EuroLeague guys obviously, you know, do really well, and some really kind of not figure it out. Um, so that one's going to be a very interesting one to watch because, and they, they dedicated a uh, three years, twenty million to him, which you know doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, you lock a guy in for three years, I think you're you're definitely investing at least a roster spot in him. So yeah, where does I, yeah, I want to see him get on the court and do something. Where does this guy come from? He was drafted in 2017 in the second round and he comes in at 20. Yeah, they years drafted old. his rights, but they, yeah, they let him continue to play in the Euro league and develop. And he's obviously developed into a pretty dang good player. Yeah. Um, at least, yeah, at least in that league. So I, mean, we, we've seen it happen before. I mean, these guys come in and they, they have some really good experience. They're not, they're not scrubs. They, they play against adult men mm-hmm. that play basketball and he'll probably outperform a lot of other rookies. Yeah. And maybe this is their answer to that, to, to that weeks weakness and that help to give Sabonis come playoff time or else that's just going to end up getting exposed again. Although that warriors and um, King series was pretty, pretty close. I mean, it really came down to a coin toss there at the end um in terms of trending connor what's the over and under on the kings here? this one i think is the best i feel like we're saying over for every single team in the pacific there's only so many wins to go around but i think this is yeah. the best value they are at 44 and a half wins Ooh. that would be four less than what they got last year i i want to say definitely over probably my favorite over in this division yeah, I'm taking. I took the. Oh, I took the over on this team last year as well when we were doing the preview shot. I remember <laughs> the, a lot of the projections with this team was going to finish like eighth, seventh, or ninth seed, yeah. and I was mm-hmm. like, no, I think this looks to me like a top four team in the Western Conference. 
And I was right. <laughs> so, you were right. Yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> you don't win them all, but you won that yeah. one for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the despite their playoff success or lack of it last year, I still think this is a powerhouse regular season team. Fox is young. Sabonis always just, dude just has the durability of an ox. Uh, he's just <laughs> going to do his thing. So they're going to win a lot of regular season games. So I'm ta- I'll take the over on that too. Whether they win a lot of playoff series, I don't know. It still feels like they could potentially lose in the first round again or or get swept in the second i think to defend their playoff i don't know ineptitude last year i think it was a lot of inexperience and then Mm -hmm. to talk about sabonis getting exposed um i think the warriors yeah they weren't as great of a team defense but um they he is getting guarded by draymond the entire game who is amazing defensively and i think just i don't know with that experience that they got last year i think that will help a lot but sean what, what do you think about the over under I think I would take the over, but just barely because I actually, I actually don't think that this team's going to get to 48 wins. I think it'll be like 46. Okay. And it's like you're saying, Connor, like there's only so many wins to go around. And if the Suns and Lakers are taking more of those, maybe the Clippers even get some more because we didn't exactly have a great season either. And you got the Nuggets, obviously, and OKC is going to get some more wins and maybe the Timberwolves even. I think that the Kings, they didn't do enough to improve, whereas a lot of these other teams did improve. So I think just by staying pat, they actually lost a few wins. I think that's super fair. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it will be it will be tough in this Pacific division to keep your head above water with uh, all this talent. Yeah, and Sean, you mm-hmm. made one final point here on the Kings regarding Keegan Murray. What do you got to say? Yeah, I mean, this, I don't know, you draft him number four. These number four picks, they, they've been very hit and miss lately. I mean, you're talking about like the Scotty Barneses of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys that were drafted number four, but no one really saw it coming. No one saw Scotty Barnes at number four. No one saw Keegan Murray at number four. And so when you draft a guy like this, where it seems like you reached for him and maybe you should have picked up somebody else. You really got to prove it. And last year he didn't really do anything meaningful to prove that he was deserved a number four overall 12 points a game. He, he was pretty good from three. I'll give him that. He was 41% from three, but not on high volume, but he's going to have to take a step up this year. If the Kings do want to at least keep their 48 wins from last year. Otherwise, I mean, it's just, it's just going to look like a bust. Uh, he's got to make a step up now. Yeah. This team's trying to win now. Yeah. He, he doesn't have time to develop. Yeah, I agree. He's kind of interesting because he had such a, I think he had a pretty strong summer league last year. And I know, I remember him having a really strong preseason and then he kind of just regressed once the, once the actual regular season got going and the playoffs, yeah. yeah, he wasn't much of a impact there. He was a non-factor. I don't remember him at all. Yeah. I feel like there probably would have been uh, there were some good opportunities to trade someone like Keegan Murray the, the last year with all the pieces that have mm-hmm. been made available. And so the mm-hmm. Sun and the Kings, I've always been one of the, you know, Sean, I've always been like, I want the Kings to just make a oh, yeah. come out of left field. <laughs> like I, I thought I was like, the Kings should make a move for Kevin Durant. Like if Kevin Durant's available, oh, they should have go get him. Get, trade the farm, trade, trade, trade everybody except for Fox and Sabonis, but go get Durant. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so I don't know, hopefully they can, he can figure it out or, or the King should, if I'm them being the franchise, having the franchise history they've had, they should just swing for the fences and trade him. If, if he doesn't feel like he's going to be that impactful piece. 
Yeah, nah, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, moving to the Warriors, 44-38, and 38, losing to the Lakers in that second round. Eighth in offensive rating, 17th in defensive rating. This is a heck of a haul, too. They add Chris Paul, Dario Saric, Jerome Robinson, Rodney Magruder, Corey Joseph, Rudy Gay, Huzman Garuba, and they lose Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, <laughs> Jamichael Green, Andre Iguodala, Ty Jerome, Anthony Lamb, and then they draft Brandon Podem- Podemiski, uh, the three point, the three point specialist, uh, resigning nobody. And they got their projected starting lineup. It's always the the good old tree, the good old trio of Curry, Thompson, uh, Draymond Green, Wiggins, and uh, Kevin Looney. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to dissect here. What do we, what do we think? What are we thinking about these new additions and departures? Man, this is gonna be such an odd year for the Warriors. Yeah. I, I really don't know what to make of this. I think, I mean, I think we're all in agreement. I mean, I, I hope we're not, honestly, <laughs> but this Chris Paul acquisition just seems completely mm-hmm. out of left field and is probably terrible. It's probably a terrible idea. I don't believe in it at all. I don't really see how he fits into this lineup. It makes them super small if they want to play him in there with the starting lineup. And who are you taking out? Are you taking out Looney? Are you taking out Wiggins? Are you taking out Thompson? Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know who you take out for Chris Paul. Is he just going to be sitting on the bench for the fourth quarter? I, I don't really know. I, I think it's really bad. I think it's just crazy how much the Jordan Poole fiasco just yeah. descended into madness and so desperate that they were willing to make this trade to just get Jordan Poole out of there and just get something in return. And so they go for the name value and, I think it was a bad move, honestly. I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, I almost wonder if there was some there's some regret in the Warriors front office that they didn't stay put with Jordan Poole, hold on to him a little bit longer, and potentially. Oh no, they they're probably so tired of hearing about Poole and Draymond Green <laughs> maybe. drama. They're... I mean, I think they could have maybe put a package for Drew Holiday here with Jordan Poole and pieces. Ooh, that would have been way way better than what they actually did. Yeah, and maybe there was a bit of like Bob Myers leaving, and then and then Mike Dunleavy coming in. Yeah, Mike Dunleavy just yeah. feeling like he needed to just hit a hard reset on this team asap. Maybe he was a little too too trigger happy here. Um, but Connor, what do you what are you thinking about for these additions? Um, first, I want to show Dario Saric the legend. I am still in the camp that <laughs> nah. if he doesn't tear his ACL, the Suns have a ring on their fingers. But um, uh. I, I don't know how I feel about the Chris Paul trade. I I wanted to ask you guys. You said the projected starting lineup. I feel like everyone's talking about does he go in? Does he not start? But really, who do you take out? Like mm-hmm. who does do you make your team better by starting him? I don't know if you do and. Yeah, I don't know if the trade does make sense. I'm happy that we got what we got versus what they got. But um, yeah, I just I don't know if it makes sense. And then Rudy Gay, I feel like that is a great trade if this is a couple of years ago. But um, <laughs> I don't know what, what this uh, starting line. And I also love Ty, Ty Jerome. I think Ty Jerome's game, I know he didn't get that many minutes. It wasn't that impactful. But I, I loved him since he was a son. So. And then Anthony Lamb, I, I don't know if that means much as well. And Dante DiVincenzo, I think he played a lot of valuable minutes, and that's mm-hmm. that's another departure. Okay. So I, I don't really know what to make of all of it. It's going to be definitely a, I don't know, a very interesting year for the Warriors. But, yeah, I think they have one of the most interesting over-unders, if you want me to give that off. It's a 48-and-a-half. They won 44 last year. They, I think this might be the only Pacific team that I might be trending downwards and go give them the under. I'm taking I'm taking the under on that for sure. Although, yeah, I think I am too. One year I did 
really hang low on on this on the Warriors team was the year that they made made it all the way to the final <laughs> and, and, and won nah, the title. <laughs> yeah. So I also am not sure whether I should be betting against that team because it was mm-hmm. not exact. Well, I think this year is actually worse than going into that year. That year, I just wasn't sure how we still didn't really know how good Jordan Poole was. Clay yeah. Thompson was coming back from injury. There was no Kevin Durant, so it felt to me like this team was starting to hit hit a wall, and now I feel it's more strongly than ever. Uh, it's it's the Chris Paul trade just doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not really sure if they could actually move on from that and figure out how to how to get make their team better. Like I don't know if there's a what Rob Palenka did with Westbrook, where he blew up Westbrook and turned him into D'Angelo Russell and Vanderbilt. <laughs> I don't know if there's that magic here with Chris Paul if they want to mm. trade him in the middle of this year. I think this is what they're stuck with, and uh, I think in terms of X factor. If anything's going to save them, I think it's Chris Paul working some of that wow. point guard yeah. magic and and making Kaminga and Moses Moody finally have a decent NBA season and break out. I think it's going to be what he does as a result of his point guard brilliance, I guess, and uh, and what he turns these young pieces into. If they if there's if it's if there's actually still uh, <laughs> true NBA development within these two players, because these guys have kind of been disappointments and. Obviously, the Warriors have also moved on from James Wiseman, their other number two pick. Uh, so they might finally be, be hitting the wall here. And I'm going to take that under, Connor, on that on the number you mentioned. Um, Sean, before you go, one thing I did want to mention, do they need to go out and try to get um, a center or something like that? I know Dwight Howard is in, like, oh. I, don't know, oh. I don't know about that. What do you guys think about that? I think... I don't know if it makes sense. It might make them a bigger team, but they are used to playing small ball. But I just want to ask you guys that. Dwight Howard is out. I would say, uh, yeah, no. I think he's staying in Taiwan. Kind of like big or something like that. I don't. I think Steve Kerr likes this mm-hmm. lineup the way that it is. I, I mean, he's, we saw it in FIBA. He refuses to play yeah, traditional yeah. centers, <laughs> even when he has good ones on the roster. Mm-hmm. It's like you're getting beat the crap out of by Jonas Valanciunas from Lithuania and you don't play Walker Kessler a single man. <laughs> that is true. It's that like, is what you, yeah. So there's, there's no way he's going to sign a traditional center. Mm-hmm. It's just not what he does. Yeah. Steve yeah. thinks he's coaching soccer or something. He forgets that this is, <laughs> basketball is a big man game. Like, yeah, Curry's an, is, is for sure an anomaly. So, but historically <laughs> basketball has been a big man game. So you got to play some of those big boys um yeah i mean sean are you i guess we haven't heard from you are you taking the over and under here for the warriors oh i'm taking the under i I thought i made that pretty clear from the start but hey i mean i think the one saving grace i mean you kind of touched on it a little bit alan was that it it does chris paul still have trade value to someone else Mm -hmm. and hey maybe the heat maybe the heat still need a point guard interesting and you can get tyler harrow you could get you know, I don't know, some other random pieces in that trade. Some pieces that actually fit around Curry and Thompson. Or, I don't know, I could also see Clay Thompson just falling off the wagon at this point. He looked pretty awful last year, honestly. He had his few games. He had a couple in the playoffs that were like vintage Clay. But he has a lot more bad games than good these days. So I don't see that really changing this year i think it's just going to continue down that path where we see his game really just start to become really inefficient 
and Draymond Green's just old and does a podcast now. <laughs> Turned into yeah, us. I, I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> he's doing great with it, but yeah, mm-hmm. I just I don't I don't see it coming. I think this team is kind of just gonna fade into the sunset. I think Curry's still gonna have a great year, but he's not gonna have the help he needs. Yeah, no game six Clay uh, last year. Um, <laughs> he had a terrible game six against the Lakers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say something to what you said, Sean, and then I totally oh here it is. I I just it came back to it came back. I was reading earlier today a uh, random blog. I didn't read it, but I saw the headline. It was like, have the Chicago Bulls become the retirement home of the NBA? Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and it just brought it just brought up the point of Chris Paul. Does Chris Paul have any trade value? I'm I want to say no, like ninety nine percent no. But if there is one team that might save this Warriors team, it could be the Chicago Bulls. Maybe they would, tr- oh, maybe man. they would part, <laughs> blow it up, and give the Warriors Zach Levine for an expiring Chris oh Paul. Oh my God! Do not he do that. A Don't do that to the league. Get, have him negotiate <laughs> treaties. That would be that would be the GM move of the year. Why? Why would you even? <laughs> say that that's just dirty or something like that if they get Levine (laughs) that would be yeah move of the year I was thinking like Vucevic at best (laughs) like you're giving him Zach Levine man if If they swindle Levine for Chris Paul (laughs) oh my god I I would be so mad I think if there's a Sun fan I'd die but he deserves every kind of (laughs) award as a GM oh yeah yeah be like yeah that's yeah who needs Myers now (laughs) exactly I mean, but if there's a team I think that will fall into desperation of like, we have no idea what we're doing. Give, just give us an expiring deal to just accelerate <laughs> our rebuild. It might be the Bulls. Oh, and man. maybe it's not Levine. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's more Busevic. <laughs> but even Busevic is still a pretty I, good piece. You would piece. fire the entire oh, Bulls oh front gosh. office Bulls if that happened. Take down the MJ statue. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, this is who they're rolling with. And that's the storyline to follow is can this old skeleton crew figure it out and make another mm-hmm. run? In an ever tougher Western Conference, Curry at 35, Clay at 32, Draymond Green at 33. Wow. Chris Paul at the at, at thirty eight years old. Thirty eight. <laughs> they had a good run. You can't say they didn't. They definitely they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, and finally, I'm actually surprised Clay is the youngest one out of all these guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the knees might not be, but yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, final team here, Sean, is your LA Clippers, uh, ah, finishing at forty four and thirty eight, sixteenth in offensive rating, eighteenth in defensive. <laughs> rating nice and average yeah the the two points to really hit how average this team competed in the regular season (laughs) uh additions kj martin josh primo departures Uh, eric gordon (laughs) no drafts re-signing russell westbrook mason plumley i you know i will say in additions brand new stadium that's the not yet. It it's looked, not done yet. I drove outside so far, which it's right next to. It looks amazing. Yeah. It look that might be their best edition. I don't even. I don't oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. I'm going for sure. <laughs> when that thing's ready, crazy. man, I am there. Yeah. That they have. They said the the freaking scoreboard's gonna be like the size of the court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be insane. Yeah, but it's yeah, massive. All, all that. Yeah, I mean, Steve Ballmer is really the best thing that happened to the Clippers ever. But these are I'm KJ Martin. I'm actually pretty stoked on KJ Martin. I'll say that I I've always been a fan of his game when he's on Houston. I think he got a criminally low amount of minutes there because 
I mean, poor Steven Silas, he just had no idea to do that. <laughs> I was extremely disappointed to hear they signed Josh Primo, though. Mm. I, this guy just should not be in the league this year. He needs he, he sounds like he's just he needs to just step away from the game, figure his stuff out. I I don't need him getting is sexual it, assaults in the locker room. Is it a two-way contract I, I or is it like a full it's a it's a two-way but it's just i i yeah it it just doesn't it doesn't give me good vibes going into the season Mm -hmm. you know yeah not that it'll like impact the game very much i doubt i'll even play but it's just not it's not the juju you want going in to, to this new season where you're like man this is like we're talking about Embiid having a crux year like this is a crux year for the clippers like you're going to have Paul George and Kawhi both up for extensions. And man, I don't even know if they deserve them. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> I I watch podcast P just, you know, doing his thing <laughs> and going the Draymond Green round. I'm like, man, you know, Draymond Green's won championships. He deserves to do his own That's podcast. True. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, you know, he's doing really well with it. I mean, he got Stephen A on there. And, yeah. And he's got a lot of subscribers. He's getting the most views of any, yeah, podcast of the summer. Most views of like any of those NBA podcasts. But I mean, he's just—he's not done nothing on the court, man. He's done nothing on the court. Kawhi's done nothing on the court. They know. They know that these new rules that they put in, where you have to play like sixty-five games to win NBA and uh, like all, all NBA or whatever, and you're not allowed to rest a certain amount of games, or you get fined. They know it's all about them. So they know they have that stigma and they're trying to deny it, but they know. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope it affects them. I really do. Like deep down, I hope that they look at that. They're like, oh, wow, maybe I'll actually try to play this year because I listen to podcast P. I listen to all his stuff and talking about how he tries so hard. And it's just as a Clippers fan, it falls on deaf ears. <laughs> I mean, I need I need results, man. I, I don't need to hear that you're trying hard. I need to see that you're trying hard. and. Yeah, you got to prove to me that you're better than Shea Gilgis Alexander <laughs> because what the hell? Yeah. Like, this guy's turned into a top 10 player in the league, yeah. and he's better than you at this point. So, we really lost that trade. Yeah. <laughs> Did not get a title. Uh, so, didn't even make the conference finals. So, you got to. I, I mean, honestly, the most person I'm excited about Russell Westbrook the most out. That's the craziest thing <laughs> is that Russell Westbrook's the one I'm most excited about. He actually, you know, showed up to work and had a really good series against the suns actually kept us in games we had no business being in maybe just purely out of revenge against kevin durant (laughs) but still (laughs) i mean yeah he's the only one i actually have faith in right now i mean the rest of these guys they haven't proved me anything and you got freaking marcus morris i hate that he's still on the team freaking robert covington hasn't done anything since he came from portland you got terrence mann who just never lived up to his potential so yeah, Russ is the only one I believe in right now. So please prove prove to me something otherwise, guys. Uh, I need to see I need to see this whole team playing game one. No preseason injuries. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's so harsh when looking at the Clippers and trying to figure out. Okay, what are what are they? What are the gaps? Did they do anything to fill those gaps in? It's hard <laughs> just because yeah, because the health thing. It's like they just haven't had their best five man group play minutes or play a lot of decent amount of games and they weren't there in the playoffs 
Russell Westbrook had like two Hercules games and Norman Powell had one <laughs> insane game too. And they almost won two, yeah. took two from, <laughs> almost. from the Suns. But I don't really know Man. what to take away from that. Like, does that mean like, does that mean that's how good those two guys are? And they can be that good with PJ and Kawhi. Cause if that's true, then this might be low key, the best team in the NBA, but I, but I don't think that <laughs> is going to be the case. Um, and I, they could, man, they, they have the potential. I mean, we've not seen Kawhi and Paul George play a lot together over these last, has it been four seasons? That's wild. It's been four seasons. (laughs) Yeah. And they've played, they've played 133, 132 games together out of those four seasons, which I'm not a big math guy, but that's about a third (laughs) of the games and they're 96 and 46 in the games where they play together, which is just absurdly good. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe but, it. They were there. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> getting into last summer. I was like, I think the Clippers could win it all this year. I think they could win it all. And, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> just, they just weren't healthy and it just wasn't there. Um, yeah. I mean, you noted health here as an X factor, Sean, and I got, I got to agree. I don't really know if there's anything <laughs> else. It. Yeah. And Steve Ballmer is spending a lot of money here. So I think he's going to stick with these guys since he's, I don't think he's in the mood for a rebuild here with this franchise. Oh no. Since he's bought the team, I mean, he's been fully in, which I, I respect so much. And I don't, yeah, this year is going to be tough because we don't have our new stadium yet. I think the new stadium will actually help. It'll actually maybe feel like a home court advantage for us. Finally, we're not just the little brothers in the locker room. So we'll actually have our own stuff. That'd be pretty nice. So we'll see. I mean, I think at this point, you got to just hope for health. And, you know, we extend Kawhi and Paul George next year, and then we get our own stadium, and then maybe things turn around. But I don't know. It's it's hard for me to to believe that this is our year. I, I've believed it almost every year since since we made the trade. I, I've run out of energy. Yeah. Connor, <laughs> what do you think? Is there something we're missing here? Do you see? I think you guys touched on literally everything. And obviously the most, like what you got to harp on the most is the health of the team. But to, I don't know, kind of defend the Clippers a little bit in the playoffs. I think, and not to boast about the Suns or anything, I think the Suns just played <laughs> an all-time series against the Clippers. I think that that probably should have gone seven if they play any other team or they probably beat the beat, beat any other team. I, I saw Devin Booker hit shots that watching him in his whole career. I was oh, like, man. Oh, those, yeah, this, those is, shots this is like ridiculously almost. And <laughs> Russ did keep him in a lot of those games. I remember, I think it was the game one that mm-hmm. they won where he mm-hmm. throws the ball yeah. off of Booker. I was like, this is, this is a hundred percent going seven. And the fact that it only went six <laughs> is kind of wild. And the Suns did just play an all-time series against the Clippers. I think they are a really good team as long as they stay healthy. Um, but yeah, it just it, you just kind of have to, as Sean said, you just got to prove it to me. Just like show me, show me you guys can stay healthy, and I'll start <laughs> believing it. Um, but here I'll give you guys the over/under. I almost had to look at this twice, thinking it was good value, but then I think again, it's Vegas is 100% <laughs> putting health 100% into this, and they are wanting you oh, to bet yeah. on the over for sure, as they should. Um, it's 44 and a half, which I believe is the same as the Kings. Ooh. But I think this is like I said, health about the Lakers, like make that double on what it is for the Clippers. Like mm-hmm. I would probably stay away mm-hmm. from this every. Every single time, if you were <laughs> going to make me bet on it, I would want to trend towards the under. But I think I think uh, 
playoff seeding to the Clippers is really, really important. And I think if they want to be serious about winning a championship, they are going to need to worry about the regular season. Try to, I know that you can't really do anything about injuries, but you need to try to uh, your best to stay healthy and try to get a good seeding in the regular season so you can try to win a championship. Yeah. Whew, the 44 is yeah, tough. tough. That's, how, <laughs> that's tough. It's how many games they won it's last year. It's basically on par with what they did last year. Yeah, I well, think they're... I don't have it in front of me. What was their record last year? Okay. So yeah, I think they're they're either forty four and thirty eight or forty five and thirty seven. They're forty four and thirty eight. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're just Vegas is thinking yeah, the, same the same thing. We are. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm taking the yeah. under. I'm going to take the under. I yeah, I can't blame you. Yeah, I don't know. I think I've seen it's tough. The Western Conference is getting better. I think the you know we've just named a few, just two three teams or two teams all talking through this. Uh, so I'm taking the under on the Clippers. <laughs> I'll take the over. Yeah. I have Let's to go. Do it. I have to. <laughs> I have to do it. I my brain tells me no, but my my soul tells me yes. Here's here's the last one then before closing it off here is there's still James Harden and he called out the Clippers being his team that he wants Whoa. to go to. Uh-oh. Is James Harden saving the, the Clippers, Sean and Connor? Is there <laughs> no, a shot here? Is he getting not. moved? I don't no, think so. No. He is not no. making Kawhi <laughs> play more games. He's not making PG play more games. And I don't know. I don't know if it would work. Is it what, his fourth team in how many years? It's going to... I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot. I don't know. I think it would be exciting. It would definitely give a lot of storylines, but I don't know if it saves them. Yeah, it would be so many storylines, man. That that's all. That yeah, the the storylines over under would increase a lot. <laughs> Give me the over under. Um, the win. Yeah, I think the win total might actually go down. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think yeah, James Harden is approaching Kyrie Irving levels of distraction for your team. Mm-hmm. So. I could see it happening. I feel like they express interest, but Daryl Morey's like, I don't want Marcus Morris and Robert Covington. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to give me something else. We don't have anything else to give. So uh, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's possible, but maybe Harden, you know, looks fat enough that they, yeah. they do yeah. end up pulling a trigger the on that. Gets fat enough but... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so final thoughts here to close off the, the podcast is NBA media day. So there's a few interesting quotes that were thrown around. Uh, I think for me, the two that stand out, we'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll do the bad, all the, the controversial one first, uh, Messiah Jiri saying that there will be no selfishness this year when asked about his analysis of last year's team. And when asked why Pascal has not received an extension, he said, we do believe in Pascal. We do believe a lot of our players, uh, didn't play the right way last year. We want to see them play the right way. I said, I said we were selfish. I'm not running away from it. We want to see them play the right way. And Sean, we've we've mm. had so many questions about the Raptors, what direction they're going yeah. with, and is Pascal and OG actually worth the continuous hype that they keep getting in terms of trade value? And I think we might have just got an insider look here as to why these guys maybe haven't been moved yet, and why this Raptors team just seems to stink worse than worse than they should. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's very candid. Um, I, I do appreciate that from Masai. I think that I don't know if this team is going to play any different this year. Maybe, maybe the new coaching helps, but I still think Pascal is playing for his extension. Mm-hmm. 
I, mm. and he's not going to get it by lowering his numbers. And I feel like it's the same way for, for OG. It's the same way for Scotty Barnes. Like they are all going to have to play to get theirs. Yeah. Um, there's no real clear direction with this team. Who's, who's the offense running through and who's, who's the most important pieces still. I mean, I think getting rid of Fred Van Fleet or not even getting rid of him, letting him walk. Uh, that was part of the selfishness probably that Masai is talking about is that this guy just jacks up shots and he's terrible at, you know, efficiency, yeah. but I mean, it still doesn't uh, answer the question if he's going to trade any of them. Too. Yeah. So still a lot of intrigue there. Yeah. What a sticky situation. Got to take away from it, Connor. Um, you said uh, the direction of the team. Yeah. I have no idea what kind of direction this team is going. And you heard him in trade rumors <laughs> just about like every single person that was available you would hear the Raptors in there and so and yeah Pascal's obviously playing for his money so like yeah he's gonna hit the spin move he's gonna try to put the ball in the basket and that's about it um yeah I, I really don't know I don't even have the over under in front of me for the Raptors but that I would I would spam the under I have no idea what this team's oh, yeah. trying to do so um I feel like they still I don't know what move they can make in like free agency but I feel like they need to make one to try to set some sort of direction. Yeah, they yeah they they have they did not make any strong moves in free no. agency, but they apparently have some of the strongest <laughs> trade pieces in the market. It's uh, it yeah, seems. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Here a fun one, KD. He's gonna play in the Olympics next year. He, he confirmed it as straight as you can be. I will play in the Olympics next <laughs> year. Yes. Uh, Joel Embiid. We talked about this, but his saying every year is going to be the same thing. That doesn't that doesn't put you closer to winning a championship. That gets frustrating, but I also believe it doesn't matter who's on the team. I, I'm always going to have a chance to win. It's a political, politi- political correct <laughs> spin there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to show the frustration. Um, uh, the Kawhi quote is, is pretty long, but uh, basically I think to sum it up is no league policy is helping me play more games. Kawhi Leonard talking about the new NBA rule. Uh, that's encouraging. I like yeah. that he didn't even know what it was at first. He was yes. almost asking the media members, well, what, you tell me uh, what these new rules are. I don't, I don't care. So classic. <laughs> they were kind of made for you, Kawhi. You need to, you need to stay up on top of this. <laughs> yeah. And here's... Yeah. And go ahead, Sean. This is my favorite he's not, quote. Playing, he's, not, he's not playing any more games. Yeah. That's what I took from Kawhi's That is quote. true, yeah. And I, I almost feel bad for him a little. I love Kawhi as like a person, as an athlete. And I don't know, like yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what to take from that. <laughs> here's the it's, here's the last one though. This or, is my favorite five. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> DeAndre Aiden dominance. Uh, I bring dominance. My name is D- Dominant Aiden. Put it on my tombstone. Dominant Aiden. I want this everywhere. Put it in the billboards and I don't know. Yeah, yeah this is <laughs> he's a clown for this. This is crazy. I heard this Dominate. for too long in Phoenix. It's it's madness. Yeah. <laughs> So you can in the t-shirts now, Portland. This is what you guys got stuck with. How is this? Is is this uh, like Shaq level seriousness? Like Shaq spoke with such, uh, uh, you know, silliness, but, but but he also brought it. He brought it on the court. Yeah. 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 And then you have older, some of the older Dwight Howard quotes he would throw out there where it's like, (laughs) he spoke with such confidence, but. Ah, oh, the guy was so corny and goofy actually on the court. <laughs> what is DeAndre Aiden? Is he more Shaq or is he more Dwight Howard here? One billion percent more Dwight. Um, I, yeah, I, I've had, and it's, I don't even know if he, he is being a hundred percent serious. Like he believes this. And I, if I didn't see him say this, yes. I just read the quote. I'm sure he said this with like a straight face, 
looking at everyone in the eye, being 100% serious. This was not meant to be funny. Um, he believes this. And I don't know, I wish him the best, but oh, man. Yeah. Every day goes by, every quote I read, I get happier that I have no kids on my team. Other <laughs> what are the chances we have of uh, Aiden making the All-Star game this year? Oh, I'd mm. love to see it. I think his stats are going to be really, really good. I think they're absolutely mm. going to be... I think he's going to... He wants to be 18 and 10. I think he'll he'll get somewhere near that. Um, but yeah, I think it was just never going to work out in Phoenix. So yeah, I think it was actually a rare case of best cases for both of them. Yeah, that's a tough one, Sean, because yeah. who were the... You got Sabonis, you had... Uh... Yo kick AD AD Carl Anthony Towns, Towns is still in the Western yeah. Conference. Yeah, yep. it's a it's it's a tough one, man. He's gonna have to uh, yeah. Ain't gonna be easy. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you make of the Andre Aiden quote here, Sean? More Shaq like, more Dwight Howard like. <laughs> <laughs> it's more JaVale McGee like. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's this. Yeah, I can't compare him to either of those guys because they're still yeah, all-time greats in their true. own right, mm-hmm. and Aiden has not done that yet. Yeah. So maybe this is his year. Maybe this is his breakout. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. what he wanted. He wanted to prove himself. It's hard to. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is his chance. I mean, yeah. You think you did had a bad run of it in Phoenix? This is your chance to start over and you know be the number one pick. Better than Luka Doncic. Let's see. Yeah, I really hope he doesn't backtrack from this quote a few months from now. Any once he's in the regular <laughs> he season, not. I'm gonna go to Portland and remind him for sure. No <laughs> chance. I'll let him forget that. No way. Yeah. Repost. Repost every week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. And uh, next week, Sean, what do we got left? The Northwest. Northwest is the last one, right? Denver. Yeah, well, yeah, we have one in the east and one in the west. So yeah, we'll go back out east. Yeah, there. two divisions left as we continue our division previews. Well, Connor, thanks for jumping in on this podcast. Yeah, thanks, Absolutely. Connor. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Have a good week, everybody.